All right, welcome to the Teacher Resource Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Savasso, and we're, we're making history two different ways here. It's the first ever uh, in-person podcast in teacher resource history, and it's the first three-person podcast. So I have Gianna and JC joining me. Gianna and JC, how are you guys doing? Good. We're pretty good. I mean, it is Friday. We're recording on a Friday. We had some uh, delicious food, participated in some uh, extracurricular activities <laughs> before this podcast. So just a fair warning to any listeners out there. But I want to have JC and Gianna on for a couple different reasons. But the way this, I want to start the conversation was asking how the heck you guys ended up choosing uh, Sonoma State. Ooh, G, you started off. <laughs> okay, so I think for me, it was just like out of the blue. I think my mom was like, hey, we should look at Sonoma. And so we did, and it's really beautiful. And it was a good combination of being like away from home enough, but still being close to come back when I needed to. And mm-hmm. they had a really good um, teaching program. And so that's what really drew me to going there. Because mm-hmm, you're from Brentwood, you know? Yes. Oh, that's Brentwood's like perfect like an, distance. An hour. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. nice. What about you, JC? So for me, it was we heard that it had a good teaching program like G, except I originally wasn't in the blended track. Mm-hmm. I was just in the track that was four years and then the... Shout out track two. That's me. Yeah, track two. <laughs> and then for all my... those regular college <laughs> students out there who aren't uh, overachievers. Yeah, and then my first day, I realized I was in the... Like, the track that I wasn't supposed to be in yeah and I went and talked to the supervisor who I totally forget her name Shout now. Out to Donna. Donna 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 and Heidi Donna. yeah Donna and Heidi yeah. thank god for Donna right um she saved me and she's like oh we gotta put you in track three uh-huh and then so I missed like the first homework assignments but then ended up um, was there in summer track three was there summer homework with Hutchins no, no. just the first day of school oh wow assignments. so you were super like you were super late. Yeah, on last that. minute, and then showed up the next day and was in track three. Damn, yeah. I, I was like, I was really close to doing um, track three. I remember there was a heavy push from my uh, my madre that I should do track three, and I ended up doing track two, which is getting your credential in uh, five years. So I got my degree in four years, and I did the extra year uh, the credential. And there's definitely some pros and cons, I would say, to going that route of doing it in five years. But there's also some real benefits. Um, I, I would think from getting in four years, there could be some downside. So I really kind of want to open it up and ask you guys about your experience um, getting your credential and your degree in four years, just kind of what that like workload was was like for you guys. Mm-hmm. It was a lot, but I felt like it was, it reminded me kind of, well, not the same as high school, but in the same in the regards of like, there was always something to be done. And so like, yeah. it was, I mean, obviously a lot more, but like, there was just, we always were going somewhere and doing something. So like we were really kept busy. Um, And it was also cool because like our whole group, like we had a core group of people and we stayed really close and we're just kind of all going through it together at the same time. So that was nice to have those people together the whole time. Yeah. Cause the workload you were looking at was pretty extensive because like the average freshman takes or the average person in college takes around like 15, 16 units. And you guys were like somewhere in the realm of like 20. Is that correct? Anywhere from 18 to 21. 18 yeah. to 21. So that's yeah. that's a lot. Because the way Hutchins is set up, it's set up to cover your general, your undergrad um, or your underlevel GEs. And you cover that through the Hutchins classes, which meet three times a week for three hours. And those are 12 units a piece. Mm-hmm. So you're taking that 12 unit a piece um, Socratic seminar covering that. And then so you had like what, two or three classes outside of that? Yeah, I think we're mm-hmm. taking like a total of four classes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it didn't seem like a ton. We had like a lot of assignments. I'd say one con would be like 
we had some people in those classes that were doing um, track two. And so like when we were in our senior year, they already weren't in part-time and full-time student teaching. And we were still finishing our last year of college. So Mm -hmm. we weren't in, or sorry, this was our junior year. So we weren't in our um, part-time or full-time student teaching. So we had to like go out and volunteer in a class and still fulfill those requirements. I was going to say that like Mm -hmm. from the very beginning, our extra classes required us to do volunteering. So it was not only four classes, but then we had to do a certain amount of hours of volunteering. And that's like a pain in the butt to set up with another school. Because I remember taking Kin uh, 410 and we had to do like a PE observation. Mm-hmm. And this is my junior year. And I had like no experience on an elementary campus. And I was just kind of like lost. Like, you know, do you just call up and be like, hey, like, can I observe? Um, kind of down that road. So I'm sure that was uh, kind of kind of a, a trip. But you guys had a lot of exposure to student teaching at, at a pretty young age. So does that mean, so you were doing your student teaching your uh, seniors? Senior year. Your senior year. Oh my gosh. So you guys were what, 20, 21 at the time? Uh, yeah. Okay, but I want to say that I feel like for anybody in college, by your third year, you will want to be in the real world. You're like, Mm -hmm. I just want to start my career. I just want to take classes that are about the career I want to be in. And so I feel like a junior year, I was ready and it was exciting to be student teaching and it was exciting to be volunteering on a more regular basis. Well, it's like being in a classroom. Like that was our ultimate goal. I remember like our freshman and sophomore year was like, hearing all the reading Doug Lamoff teach like a champion and <laughs> yep. reading all these strategies and talking about classroom management but then it was cool like like what Jay was saying actually seeing it in action and being able to apply those things and through yeah. volunteering and I feel like I'd want that for anybody in college to right. like have that internship their senior year and really get out in the real world and experience it and make those connections already because really our student teaching was kind of like an, a small interview process. Exactly. You know, you're making those connections and you're kind of like proving yourself that, that final year. And I don't know, I feel like that's a great transition to the real world. No, I could definitely uh, see that. I feel like the progression in college is like freshman year. You're like unbelievably stoked to just be away from your parents and like living with all your friends. <laughs> but going on, going on to sophomore year, like you're still living on campus. So you're kind of, you're stoked that you're living on campus. You're still just surrounded by college people. And then junior year, you kind of like start to shift away. Like, okay, like I've seen the scene. And by senior year, you're just kind of like, I don't know, checked out. You're still happy to be there and it changes with each person. But I feel like it's just kind of hit its road, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys were, yes, so you guys were in, so you were doing your student teaching your senior year and you were, uh, I know you were participating in Greek life at that point, Gianna. And, mm-hmm. and JC, I know you did do Greek life. Was that hard balancing kind of that Greek life, you yeah. know, that total like, call, you know, the stereotypical yeah. college yeah, like schedule? Sure. Yeah, it was hard. There was like, a stretch of time too where like we were getting ready for lip jam and like we had practices at 11 o'clock at night so I would have student teaching from 8 to 3 I'm sorry 8 to 12 and then I would have class from 1 to what was it like 7 and then I would have dinner and then go to lip jam practice from 9 to 11 and then get home and then do it all over again the next day. So that was a little exhausting. <laughs> but it was like, I don't know, in the moment, it was like those things where it's like, okay, this is like, I'm living out the rest of my college experience. So I'm going to make it work and make it happen because uh-huh. I wanted to. But yeah, it was a lot at some points. Yeah. Right. And I mean, what a difference between going between like being in charge of like 30 kids to like right. going and dancing um, for like your sorority like that. Yeah. That must be such a difference. Uh, what grade did you student teach in? Yeah, I did my part time in second and full time in fourth. Oh, OK. And what was that experience like? 
It was um, it was neat being there part time, but it was like just such a it was such a taste of what it was actually because you're only I was only there for really a day and a half because mm-hmm. I was there on right. Wednesday it was like my the school's short day, so it was really neat to just like see things. But I feel like I didn't take everything in to as much as I've like you know hindsight would have liked to. Sure, but it was a really cool experience. Um, Starting in primary, and then in fourth grade, it was really cool because that's where I ended up teaching in, in Ooh, fourth grade. Very um, nice. So that was neat to kind of have experience in the grade I actually ended up teaching in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. JC, what about you? What was your well? Where did what grade levels did you student teach in? I did my part time in first grade, and that was really eye opening because I had a really great mentor, and I just feel like I learned the most honestly mm-hmm. out of my student teaching experience from her. And took a lot of those strategies back to my classroom now, mm-hmm. um, which is which a fifth, is weird. Yeah, which is which a fifth, is grade, fifth classroom. grade now mm-hmm. versus sixth grade for where I did my full time, and I almost learned. I don't know how to say this politely, but kind of like <laughs> what not to do in yeah. certain situations. Oh yeah, sure. Um, but it it's definitely beneficial, like observing that occurring. Um, sixth grade was tough. Yeah. It's a hard year. Right. Um. Yeah, a hard transition year. Shout out family life. Um, no yeah. I, no, I 100% agree with that point you just made about um, the benefits of observing like a bad lesson. Like, I really think there's a lot to take away. And I'd argue almost as like much as there's to take away a good lesson. Totally. Like, damn, I should not probably do that. That, And it's right. great when you're just on the outside and you're kind of not responsible for what's going on. And mm-hmm. obviously, we've all been on the wrong end of, of these. Mm-hmm. But, but that's interesting. And yeah, sixth grade is a interesting year because, you know, they're you're looking at students who are in that kind of age range of like 11, 12, 13, they're hitting uh, puberty. Both my parents are sixth grade teachers. They've been sixth grade teachers um, for, for a really long time. I had my mom on the podcast and she said she really actually enjoyed that age just because she enjoyed the conversations that she mm-hmm. could have with those yeah, students. Yeah, a little bit more in depth. Right. Yeah. That's the thing that I really love about teaching. I feel like there's something special about every grade and mm-hmm. some, some sort of transition that the kids are going through. And just like, and then totally like, this would only happen in this grade that you would be having family life or that these little <laughs> things would be happening. Like that's such a fourth grade thing or such a kinder thing. Yeah. It's always keeping you on your toes. Yeah, no kidding. And I'm just the difference of conversations that you guys, mm-hmm. like the mature conversations that you guys are um, taking on, kind of transitioning back into how you're still into college while you're doing your, your student teaching. I mean, I just it's so hard for me to picture because I remember my senior year I think I was still 20 years old and like I just can't picture being like in the classroom expected to show up at a job Monday through Friday from 7 30 and stay there till 4 30 and be professional so I just have a lot of yeah. uh, respect for you guys that you I think that's what made it really yeah. hard though was having friends and roommates yeah. who weren't yeah on the same yeah. page right and, and guys, we, just, yeah. we can't just skip a day of class yeah. right. like, no we have to be there and then coming home and then being like Woo! this and uh-huh. it's like it's 7 30 and it's my bedtime we're winding down <laughs> yeah yeah was that was that hard like did you ever find yourself I'm sure I don't know if it would be a regret but it definitely I guess would be kind of like a con did, did you ever find yourself regretting that or did you kind of always know that this that teaching was something you wanted to do and you were glad to just get your credential a little earlier no I would say that's definitely something that crossed my mind like you know like especially your senior year, there's all these things that you're doing for the last time with your college friends. And it was hard not always getting to like maybe partake as much as you would like to in those things because of, you know, other things that we had going on or assignments that had to be done. But 
However, yes. now it's kind of kicking us in the butt because mm-hmm. we didn't earn as many units yeah. as we would uh-huh. have if Ugh. we took the uh, extra year. Sure. And so typically you graduate with 130 or your BA plus 130 uh-huh. or even more than 130 in some cases. And we graduated with our BA plus 121, uh-huh. which means to so, move up on the salary schedule, we have to earn an additional like right. sure. 10, 15 extra units. So it's like you're earning salary pay a year earlier, but like right. you're also behind units a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I just got to give the other counter because I was on the side of the five year. You're also looking at paying for so not only right. are you not That's earning that, that teacher salary, which you know, uh, a lot gets said about teacher salaries and underpaid, but it's still a shitload more than whatever you're making at your like BS college job. So like getting that first paycheck is nice, but you're also essentially paying for, you're pay, you are paying for school, your fifth year. You're paying to teach to be in the classroom. I mean, I remember my fifth year student teaching, I was I, uh, I mean, just to get, you know, give all the details, I had to ask my parents like for help, financial help. Cause I was like, dude, I don't, I can't have a job when you're working like 40 yeah. hours a week, like yeah. student teaching, you know? So like you kind of need that financial support. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Working that senior year too was so hard. I know. Well, did I you guys, whole, my... you guys didn't have a job. Your senior. And I was kind I did. Oh really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. How much were you, how often were you doing that? Like for a week? I would, I would nanny on the weekends from like. Uh. Morning to evening. Oh my so gosh! So it would just be like no days off. Trooper. Yeah, no. no I, I had to stop my, during full time student teaching. My second semester, I had to stop. But part time, I worked at Banana Republic. Oh, nice. Petal and Outlets. Shout out, shout out, Dominic. Banana Crew. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was like, after doing that, it was like I can't have a part time job, and student teaching is essentially a part time job, and be going to school. So yeah, that was very short lived. Right. And just all the stuff you're expected to do um, during your student teaching. I mean, kind of to hit on a couple of the big points. Um, well, let's just start with PACT because I, so from what I've heard this past year, they, yeah, it is different. And I don't really have any like further details on it. I know my experience with PACT was, I mean, it was really rigorous when you go in and you need to break down, you need to have like a learning segment plan that continues over the span of like five or six lessons to kind of continue and build off each lesson is, I mean, such a challenge. That's something challenging that would be, that was something that would be challenging for me now, like let alone in my, in my student teaching. I don't know if you guys had a similar experience or not going through PACT. Yeah, well, the whole video thing. Oh, right. It's super intimidating, huh? You have to be recorded, and you have to be recorded for multiple lessons in Uh order to capture that one lesson. 15-minute, that 15-minute segment. Where all the light bulbs pop on, you know? Yeah, and then there's, like, a segment on feedback and how you give feedback. There's a segment on – or. a segment on assessment right and then reflection like you know what what would be your next steps or yeah. if you were to teach us again like what would you do differently yeah and I feel like as teachers now we do a lot of that kind of like on the spot sure. and a lot of okay we graded these exit tickets now what do I want to do tomorrow we didn't right. sit down and write like <laughs> yeah. And about it. About it. yeah yeah no I, I I completely agree think a lot of it's kind of like intuitive at this point did you guys both uh do language arts packs i think you have to you can choose um, oh really? yeah you could do like a math one oh. but i think that makes it so much more difficult yeah i was gonna say i thought they all had to be reading and writing related no you they could do like a math to it. right you could do social like a, studies oh, oh okay. you did social yeah. studies mm-hmm. 
Was yeah. that, I mean, that, how was that connecting kind of the reading and writing? Did you feel like that was hard to make that connection or was it pretty like, no, because I feel like with content, yeah. I, you automatically pull in ELA sure. standards, right. reading informational text. Even with science. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I, that's, yeah. yeah. I did mine on figurative language, so that was fun. Mm. Dude, that's challenging. Because yeah, you're like, working, you were student topic. teaching at a school of primarily English language learners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you had to like really address that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of reflection. A lot of reflection. Right? <laughs> I would have done but Yeah, it was fun. We did like personification and all that good stuff. Oh my gosh, I totally remember watching. I think it was, I think I ended up getting my hands on both of your guys' videos of oh, Pact. Yeah, yeah. To, your, to your chagrin. Oh and No, you guys both did an excellent job, but I'm pretty sure no. me being the person, you know, I was giving you guys shit being yeah, the person I'm I sure. am. So I, uh, I apologize yeah. for that. Because it is kind of insecure being recorded and like watching yes. you back and you're like, wait, why did I do that? Like, I'm not even paying attention to this going on I there. remember like, like, do I really sound like this? Like, this is so obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, like, right. I don't want to hear this Yeah, back. I know. Like, do we actually sound like this? This yeah. Is Don't show me this podcast later. <laughs> uh, yeah, no kidding. This is a one and done situation. Uh huh. Do you have any insight, Gianna? On uh, have you heard anything about the new kind of learning segments student teachers are, are expecting yeah, to put you on the spot? Yeah. Yeah. So I've Let heard a little bit. Not an expert, but it's called Ed TPA. So that's a change. Um, but you have to do math and language arts. Mm. So that's why I think that's why I meant like it oh, was wow. literacy focused, not reading and language arts. It was like something about literacy. So mm-hmm. like what whatever you wanted to do with math blah blah blah, whatever it had to be like focused back to literacy so now it's like we have to do a math and um like a language arts focus sounds like you got more rigorous we got we got out in time yeah (laughs) and i think i want to say they have to be recorded in both Uh uh-huh but again not an expert so well well i guess i'm kind of glad we we, got in yeah Yeah. exactly dodged that bullet no kidding um so yeah you guys are balancing packed on top of you know being 20 21 years old and living with other people your age and you know x y and z going on you have packed going on but you also had your two-week takeover and i mean i remember to my two-week takeover and it was just so stressful you feel like or at least i felt this is my experience just felt like i was like kind of holding on like the whole time like come on I just got to make it to the end of this two weeks and like I was living with other I was gonna say mature young adults but I don't know if I would go (laughs) that far but other people who were like exiting college at the time and stuff so what was your guys's experience like with your two-week uh takeover it was a lot I remember being so exhausted Uh it was like the first your first day of teaching kind of day Mm -hmm. it was exhausting but it was also really cool and it was neat to be like I'm in here all by myself like I get to make my own plans and like really get to experiment with things that I wanted to do and dif- different things I wanted to try. And I didn't have to like get that okayed by anybody. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess I kind of did, but do you know what I mean? Like it was right. different than having to right. do like an observe lesson or something mm-hmm. for my interview. It was just different. I don't know. I just felt like the hardest part about it was that you didn't establish those routines and procedures. No. So yeah. you're in taking over somebody else's classroom and their procedures and so it was like this wasn't even your own you just almost had to pretend like it was your own and teach the kids that way and so Mm -hmm. for me it was hard because of that and like I don't know I wanted to switch things up but then I couldn't because it was like the end of the year no I completely agree like at the end of the day in your own classroom you're going to kind of set your own procedures routines expectations Mm -hmm. and like you're putting this really tough spot when you're student teaching it's like do you come in and like change what's already been established by your mentor teacher who like you really respect and like it's been working for them but at the end of the day it's kind of like personal you know like whatever works for that teacher in that classroom or do you kind of just act like okay we're just going to kind of run this through even though I would do this a little different and like the you know the students 
essentially know you're not really like the teacher yeah well and it's not a long enough time either like two weeks is so short to get anything established Mm -hmm. and like it's just your own yeah so I remember trying to do something like that like um like class cards or something and it went well it was something new but it was like okay and it's over after two weeks so get what you earned and then whatever whatever my mentor teacher had in place at the time yeah it was back to that so oh god I remember trying to install a fun Friday so like the premise was I would give like 30 minutes at the beginning of the week on Monday and this would be time to spend on Friday afternoon and like during class they would be earning or they would be losing minutes um so it sounds like an all right idea in you know talking about it I guess but essentially like you know things weren't going well at least the very first week things picked up the second week but things weren't going well the first week so these kids are down to like 16 minutes or something and I'm like all right like you guys if we get below 15 minutes and this is on like Friday morning at like 30 minutes in like if we get below 15 minutes you know we're not going outside trying to like set kind of the groundworks or whatever so anyways like the day goes on and like there's no way they're earning this but by the end of the day and this is me being queen awesome like I'm not spending like another like minute in this classroom like this is just like so hard and so difficult like all right you guys we are in the we are in the fun Friday 15 minutes and we had to go outside the last 15 minutes just so we could kind of get outside of the the classroom so fun student teaching uh experiences um anyways yeah I wanted to ask you though Gianni Mm because following your student teaching uh you were asked to take over a, a class yeah so actually during my two-week takeover I had an interview at the school I was doing my student teaching for and I got the job and at the same time um the one of the uh, third grade teachers at the school had um like a medical emergency and was going out so it was kind of that situation where it was like really cool because I got this neat opportunity to work with the kids that I would be having the next year Mm -hmm. but like oh my gosh I'm finishing my two-week takeover I'm finishing college I have to graduate I'm moving out of my apartment (laughs) and I'm in somebody's classroom that I've never met before I have no sub plan right it was like a a whirlwind to say the least Uh uh-huh do you feel like you I mean at the end of the day was it was it just a learning experience like something you're like that sucked at the time but you're happy to go through I mean it was neat because it was actually like this time like during my student teaching so I got to see oh like early May yeah yeah so I started in April and finished off the year so I got to see SBAC being done like our California state testing um and I got to like just um, see what the end of the year wrap up looks like and go on different field trips. And that was a totally different experience than doing my takeover because I was like the teacher for, but then also not really because I'm like the last month and a half of school. Uh So yeah, it was a very weird transition, but it was fun. I mean, I did get to know some of the kids I had the, the following year in fourth grade, but it was a third grade class. class, So some of them I had in fourth grade, but I just remember it being a lot and like just because of timing but yeah when is it not a lot and it's always timing right yeah that's always nice kind of when you get that carryover um um to the next year but I kind of want to transition a little bit and ask you guys about um what you're currently doing I always just like to go through like teachers like what a normal day looks like whether you're in a self-contained class or students are rotating through so um, like if you could, if we could hear a general breakdown of your guys' schedule, like just kind of, you know, obviously things change, but like what a normal day in your guys' classroom looks like, I'd love to hear from you guys. Okay. So, um, in my classroom, I'm fifth grade. Sure. So I start where, um, the students come into an exit ticket on their desk, which was an exit ticket that they, um, 
did the previous day and I had scored it. And so they come in and correct their own exit ticket. And then we go over that. And it's usually just root spiral review of anything we've learned throughout the year. Um, go over that. And then we begin math um, until recess. And then after recess, we do ELA and um, language arts is pretty much um, a bunch of mini lessons. Mm -hmm. our, our curriculum has mini lessons. So it's very like 15 minutes on this topic. Boom, switch, be with a different partner, move around the classroom. Oh God, I love topic. that. The, I think the worst thing you can do is like plan a lesson for like an hour and a half. Yeah. And like you finish in like That's 20 awful. minutes and yeah. it's like, or this isn't going well and you have like no backup. Yeah, totally. So I really like that idea of, um, of mini lessons. You guys do mini lessons from after recess to lunch? Yeah, until okay. lunch. Um, and then after lunch, I have a workshop time, which I've actually found pretty purposeful where they finish any unfinished work from ELA or just anything that I want them to do or meet with their small groups and they mm -hmm. have small group opportunities to read texts and answer questions. Cool. And then it's also kind of like a, if you finish early, here are some additional, you know, computer math games that you can do. Cool. Um, and then after that, it's content, science, social studies. And then we end our day with, our agenda and then our daily exit tickets that they then come in and correct the next day. Okay, cool. Are you are you able to build in that science social studies time every day? Because that was something that came up um, when I had my mom on last week, and we were kind of talking about how it's just kind of thrown to the side. And essentially, the reasoning is is because SBAC, as it stands right now, tests for language arts, it tests for math, mm -hmm. and then the science they they do have a science test, but it's just a pilot, so they're just kind of getting the field works of it. There's no results that get yeah. sent to school districts or anything like that um so are you able to build in that science studies time every day or does it ever get pushed aside so i build in science every day because of the new ngss standards and my i'm lucky to have my teaching partner who we collaborate really well so over the summers we design kind of our own ngss curriculum oh my gosh and like labs and stuff Woo. to go with it impressive um, so we do that every day so social studies definitely gets pushed to the side but uh -huh. also, our social studies standards are from 1998, so <laughs> I don't necessarily want to be, like, adamant yes. about teaching those. Right. So, um, social studies, 2020. No, but they exactly. are. They're supposed to switch to, like, social science, where it's, like, social studies involved with the uh -huh. environment. That's kind of so hopefully that gets on the, the road there. Right. It still seems like they're just trying to kind of mix those two together because I think at the end of the day, it's always going to be like language mm -hmm. arts and math, like so heavily mm -hmm. centric. Like when I did the student teaching at Shepherd, and I'm sure it fluctuated from grade level to grade level, but my full-time student teaching was in fifth grade. And we would do um, we would do math in the morning. So like math up until recess, right when they walked in. And then we would do language arts after um, after recess and then we would hop on the Chromebooks for uh, like language arts programs for like another 45 minutes so we're getting like an extension of language arts mm -hmm. and then for the last like hour 45 minutes or whatever you know we have PE saved or it seemed like there was an assembly there's always kind of something yeah, yeah. Um, going on I don't know if that was just kind of uh, fifth grade centered or if that's changed at all Gianna because you teach um, fourth grade mm -hmm. what does what your day look like so the kids come in and they get like they're, they write down their homework in their planner and get all their paperwork and then we do, um, I've actually tried something new this year. So I pull like two different math groups. So in the morning for math, and this is based on like previous assessments. So 
For example, we're doing fractions and decimals right now. So I have my students who are like at or above grade level. I'll have them in a small group and we'll be working together while the other students are on Khan Academy. Mm. And it's a really cool website. If you haven't checked it out, you should. You can <laughs> assign specific lessons with different skills at different grade levels. And that's Khan Academy? Khan Academy, And is that something yeah. your district pays for? Is it... No, it's free. It's oh, totally wow. free. Yeah, and you can get the kids um, signed up through Google Classroom. So they just have to like put in their email and stuff. And it's pretty yeah. self-independent and paced. Yeah, it totally oh, is. Cool. And what's really nice about it is that they can like look at a video for help. So like, let's say they just are like really wanting to know about decimals, like super, like more advanced. It's a really cool opportunity for like um, your students who are ready to continue on in right. whatever math, whatever, whatever subject. It has a ton of information on there, but yeah. like they can look at videos on how to add decimals, even though that is not a fourth grade right. standard. So it's and the most like overwhelming feeling feeling you can have as a teacher when you have like five kids raising their hands at the same time, like you essentially just feel like you're bouncing back and forth. So I love the idea of this kind of like self paced learning. Um, it almost sounds like in a yeah. way where they're able to access content and lessons and video, um, through the video and through Khan Academy. So I'll make sure to link that up in the in the show notes. Sounds like yeah. a good one, but uh, keep going on. So then, like while I'm working with one group, the other group is on Khan Academy, and we'll do that for like 25, 30 minutes, and then we'll switch. So everyone's getting what the level of what they need at their whatever learning at their level, sure. and then um, for the last half hour of math we do center so I can work on even smaller scale um, with like the previous mm -hmm. unit. So before that we did um, equations. So like we're given multi-step word problems and how do we write an equation that reflects the word problem. Uh -huh. So I will be pulling groups based on those assessments. To work on them at a smaller level and then the, the kids have different independent activities that need to be done by friday okay um, and i just kind of pull them based on like what they need so um i might like only see the red group twice whereas like throughout the day i'm noticing like okay like purple and green need to be checked in with mm -hmm. a couple more times more frequently that week so when you're doing those centers mm -hmm. you're you're essentially are you hitting on like one you're hitting on one group kind of a day or whatever you're able to get through yeah and as you're giving instruction direct instruction to them the other students are rotating through pre-planned centered activities yeah okay yeah cool that they good. have like a menu of things to go through okay yeah we talked about earlier um before the pod we love uh, centers we're uh, we pro, love centers we're pro centers shout out centers shout small out centers small groups yeah small let's groups, go all day okay. every day Right. So then after we get back from recess, we'll do our, um, this, the kids read silently and like have their read for pleasure. And then, um, cool. while they're reading, I'm pulling groups, um, based on our star reading assessments mm -hmm. and meeting with those kids and doing like read naturally passages or, um, stuff from last kids mm -hmm. or just any articles like read works. What else? Newzell is a great yeah, resource. Yeah. 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 And I like love, ELD yeah. standards mm -hmm. too. I was just gonna say I love Newzell. Do you use Newzell at all in your? Uh, I've used uh, it before. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool for mm -hmm. for me especially because I'm working with so many different grades grades at my school. I teach language arts, um, but essentially the beauty of Newzella is you can access the same article at uh, three different Lexile mm -hmm. levels, <laughs> so you can get the same content at like a third grade level a seventh grade level and like an 11th grade level. And that obviously changes, but I absolutely love that because I'm working with all kinds. And I'm sure that's great even in a public school setting in a fourth grade class because you could be working with kids that are like a first or second grade level. Right, yeah. Right. Well, we talked about earlier too, like especially being in upper grade, the, the gap 
is a lot bigger sure. than it would be if you were in primary. So, for example, like, I mean, I have kids at, like, a sixth grade level reading in fifth, and then I have kids who are also reading at a first grade level. Yeah. So, it's a huge range. Right. You know, whereas, like, first grade teachers are, you know, sometimes only working, or at the most, only working a year below grade level, or mm-hmm. they're working on kinder skills. So. Cool. It gets a lot. Sure. Okay, so where was I? Language arts. Right. Lang- oh, then we go to lunch. Then you go to lunch. And it's kind of important, you know, kids got to eat, right? We yep. got to eat, We need that break, 40 minutes. Um, And then after that, we do our district highs, um, this time called Learning Lab, where we address our ELD standards. And so we use a program mm-hmm. called Lexia, mm-hmm. and that just has, like, a bunch of foundational skills and spelling rules, all that fun stuff. Um, and during that time checking in with kids um for different lessons like you know that silent e rule or uh, blending vowels all that stuff and lexia is beautiful because it Mm -hmm. it prints out individual lessons based on kids specific learning needs so you could essentially have your whole class working on whatever they need to on the chromebook and Mm -hmm. meanwhile you're teaching those lessons that lexia is printing out for you which is like a teacher's dream exactly Right. So then after we have learning lab for about 40 minutes, we go outside for a brain break and usually I give the kids just like independent time. Like sometimes we'll play a game together or mm-hmm. like they'll run a, a couple of laps around the track and yeah. they just have a time outside. And then when we get back in, that time is usually reserved for like science or social studies, kind of like Jay was saying. Um, yeah. Right. Like adjusting those content. And I do it a little bit differently. So this year I tried to do um social studies the first semester and science the second oh interesting it was Mm -hmm. just it wasn't getting done as it should be like having them both at the same time it was just way too hard Uh uh-huh and have you had success uh breaking that out kind of into like first half second half of the the year yeah I feel like I'm definitely got to it a lot more this year but we there aren't like any NGSS curriculums out yet so it's just been like experimenting with different resources Uh uh-huh different lessons so how are you planning those science lessons are you just coming up kind of like with material on the fly or i mean like are you like you know are you essentially doing all the planning are you planning these kind of like week-long or multiple week-long learning segments kind of yeah. it really just depends it's like super flexible but what's that website that you were telling me about where you got those lessons from for science, science. Um, right. there's mystery science yeah that's there's like also it. crash course for kids which is great on youtube okay um and it's free, and it covers all the new NGSS standards. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a different one. I think oh, it's called it's like Live that. Binders. Yeah, yeah. That also has the um, just little lab activities that connect with the standards. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. But you really have to take it one unit at a time yeah. and kind of figure out, okay, what's the underlying standard that they're supposed to know and then what kind of hands-on activity can get them like testing this because ngss is all about questioning and testing and ask you know like making observations it's not necessarily about this is what happens and this is how it is it's them kind of drawing those conclusions based on experimentation Uh yeah so i just remember like basic seventh grade science and it was like you form you know you gotta form your hypothesis and you test exactly you test your hypothesis then you make your inferences but it really does feel like there's been um, a shift and we and we haven't even talked about uh, maker which is just completely kind of like blown up I feel like since we've gone mm-hmm. into into teaching and that was one of the things I really liked about Shepard was just their 
um, implementation of Maker. And I remember when I was student teaching there, they did segments like different learning, um, different Maker segments, STEM segments, like once every month, essentially, which is really fun. I totally stole one of uh, Shepard's ideas at my school and we did um, a Maker City which is just so much fun. I absolutely loved it. But like, you know, we're building, our whole school is building a city and we divided students up into groups and each group got part of the city to build. And it's such like, it's so great because they're coming together as a school. So they're learning those like collaboration and social skills, but they're also getting the, you know, science and engineering and construction and hands-on applicable stuff that I that I think is so important. Well, and it's what's really cool too is it's a great opportunity for those kids who sometimes do not shine in like our content areas like they have a real like an an amazing opportunity to like really showcase their skills and engineering skills yeah and like inquiry and self-discovery and like okay that didn't work how do I do it again and just being like really reflective and getting a chance to redo something over and over again Uh yeah but we do those we have big maker challenges every year like during x-back time so it's something like super easy in the afternoon so Uh uh-huh what do you yeah what do you guys got go well go ahead yeah yes my first year was the maker city so we did a cardboard city then the second year was um was arcade slash carnival so like some kids made arcade games and then like my class made like carnival, so they had like a dip and dot station and like a Ferris <laughs> oh, wheel and so a roller fun. coaster. And then this year, they're all we're all doing marble runs, and uh-huh. each grade has a different challenge. So like cool. fourth through sixth grade has like the sixty second challenge, which like which today we tested like what does a minute feel like, and it's really long. Like uh-huh. when you just sit for a minute and watch it be a minute sure it's really long so, so the marble has to be in motion for a the minute the marble has to be in motion for oh um, my gosh. one minute can they build yeah, it as high minutes. as is there a limit on how high they can build it or? yeah it was like teacher discretion so oh, okay, yeah like we got to choose like how big it is right and um how many turns it had to have and but just those different things of like okay if i want the marble to go uphill yeah like it's got to have a lot uh-huh. of like it's got to go really fast before that to get make itself work out. Right. But, I remember doing a marble run in second grade as a maker. And that's what I love about maker. You can just adjust the challenge like mm-hmm. based on grade level. So you can have a second grade marble run where students are just trying to build something from, you know, top to bottom where a marble gets, a marble can get down, but then you can just change it so easily. Like with the, you know, upper grades, you're talking about doing a whole minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, all right, you guys. Well, I want to be uh, respectful of of your time. We've been going for <laughs> a pretty long while. Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun having you guys on. Any, Nailed it. Uh, any last like lasting thoughts? Anything you're just so passionate that you got to say to get um, out there? I feel like my big takeaway is like, don't be afraid to change something if it's not working, and also like always be willing to try new things. And even if it's like, oh, this is working a lot, it might not work for a different class. So always willing to try new things and be, and be willing to grow in different ways. I like it. Totally. That's good. Um, I would definitely say with this generation of kids, like oh, anything yes. with movement, anything with technology, throw it in there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Get them hooked. Get them moving. Get, get them moving. Get them tech. Yeah. You yeah. can get them using technology while they're moving. In I'm a good way. <laughs> Both <laughs> at the same time. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys uh, for coming on so much. That was a really interesting conversation. I love hearing about your guys' experience in Hutchin and kind of what you guys are, are up to now. Um, a couple of good friends of mine that we've been good friends for. God, how long have we known each other for? The, the three homie. The we've three known each other. Years. We didn't even really get into like any Hutchin stories, but we've known each other for uh, what, seven, seven years? Yeah. Dating back to our freshman year in Hutchins. Gian and I were in the same yep. uh, class. I still Definitely. remember showing up like, what the hell is this? It's a room that's like 
15 small. feet by like 10 feet. And I and was like, okay. Table. Yeah, it, exactly. And we have, yeah. And it's like, we must be in the wrong part of the school because this cannot be a college course. But anyways, good times with Hutchins. Good times teaching. Um, All right. Well, yeah, this is the Teacher Resource Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and have a good day.